Hello, and welcome to Dice Complex. I'm your host, and not DM, Sam. If you're listening to this, you probably have a friend, family member, perhaps co-worker, or even just yourself that's been interested in D&D, or has recommended that you should educate yourself on D&D. This is going to be a basic rundown of what is D&D and some of the general mechanics. To start off, there are two different roles, basically. The main role that you will probably be participating in if you end up playing is the player. This is the person who controls one character and you are responsible for all of your own actions. You could decide your character's backstory, how they look, and general rule sets, which I'll explain on in a little bit. The other role is the DM. The DM is the person who makes up the world or they guide you through a predetermined and preset out like campaign or playbook which is basically like somebody has already put all the enemies and all the locations and all the names together so that you can just easily use it to play the game and they are are responsible for the world they voice and perform the actions of all the other characters you interact with like the npcs the bosses, the other enemies you may encounter, pretty much everyone, unless your DM allows you to have more than one character or you get to control some sort of companion you have with you. And in D&D, the way that you play is that you use dice. There's a set of dice which consists of the D20, the D12, the D, oftentimes it'll be a D10 and a percentile dice, which are both 10-sided dice. And when I say D, I mean dice, and then the number is how many sides that the die has. And so after the D10 and D percentile, you have the D8, the D6, and the D4. You can get custom dice, which is an actual D100 where it has 100 sides, and D50s, but these are a bit less common. Most times you'll get a set with just the D20, D12, the D10 and percentile, the D8, the D6, and the D4. And each of these dice does something different. Working our way up from the lowest dice to the highest, D4 typically is used for damage with daggers, other small weapons, or spells that will use a lot of d4, because spells do damage sometimes. d6 is more common for regular swords and more dangerous daggers. The d8 is used for heavier weapons and more damaging spells. The d 10 and the percentile, which form the D100, are typically used for determining the chance that something happens. What I mean by this is if you have a 30% chance of performing a specific action, 
or having a spell that happens because there are sometimes parameters where a spell will only work on a certain percentage, which is part of something I will explain later. But to see if the spell works, you would roll the d10 and the percentile, and the d10 would represent the one's place, and the d and the d percentile would represent the tens place. And they are numbered 0 through 9, with 0 representing 10, or 0, as you'll see in the circumstances if you end up playing and rolling. But if you land between a 0 and a 30, that means that you would succeed on that specific spell. The D12 is commonly used for very heavy weapons, typically weapons that would be wielded by very strong characters or very damaging spells, which you probably will not use until your character is of a higher level, which the levels have a whole set of things that come with them, which will be explained. The d20 is the main die that you will use. It is used for various actions that you can partake in, such as seeing who will go first in combat, seeing if you can persuade somebody to do something, or even just searching or seeing if you can see something well. And these rolls are determined by the number that you roll on the d20, with a 1 being referred to as a critical failure, which means that the worst possible outcome that could happen in whatever intended action you had will occur. This doesn't always mean that something bad might happen. If you fail on, say, resisting something that has gotten into your body, it may cause you to vomit, thus expelling it and having a positive effect. A, on the other side of the d20, you have the 20, which is called a critical success. In short terms, it will just be crit and crit fail. But when you crit, that means the best possible outcome for the intended action you were taking will occur. This doesn't mean you will always get what you intended, but with the resources provided to you and in the situation, commonly the best thing that would have happened will occur. An example of this would be, say you are looking for information on a cursed object. So you go to a very small library in like a very rural town and you roll to see what kind of information you can get you get a crit and so the dm will tell you whatever he is prepared but commonly if it's that out of the way that small unless the dm is playing by a set of rules that will allow you to get pretty much anything on a crit it'll mostly be information like maybe you'll see in a journal that somebody has written about a book that could pertain to the information you're seeking. It all pretty much depends on how the DM plays and what kind of rules they abide by. There are certain set of rules, but some DMs use what is called homebrew, where they make up their own set of content. So for the players, there are two different things that encompass the character that you make which is their race and their class. For the character's race, this is like if you are playing an orc 
a human, an elf, a dwarf. Commonly they're like a set of specific races, like the common fantasy races that you will be able to play with. But sometimes you'll be able to play as like a monster race, such as like one of them gorgons, like a medusa, or maybe even a minotaur. It all really depends on what kind of game your DM is running. But the race will determine specific things like how fast your character can move over land or how much they can move during combat, um, how well they can see, what sort of languages they can learn, and what sort of traits they might have. Because some races have special traits like you wouldn't expect a dwarf which is small and ground dwelling to have the same exact same sort of abilities as an elf that lives in the trees and spends all of their time doing archery and talking to birds. The classes are a whole different set of things which encompass your character. This is they play a lot into what sort of things you can do. There are classes that have strictly physical abilities, there are classes that have both magic and physical abilities and ones that play almost entirely into magic. And a well-known example would probably be the wizard. This is probably one of the most magical classes that you can take. They have to study to get their magic. They can cast pretty much any spell if they've learned it. Very magical class. And this means that the abilities that they have will be different from a barbarian, which is somebody who is very physically focused to the point where they will have a lower intelligence and a higher like robustness and strength they'll be able to fight a lot better but they won't be able to do as well on check on um actions that involve being smart or having book knowledge and another basic part of the character is the things called ability scores these will determine generally what your character might be able to do. If you roll well, you might be able to do something that your character wouldn't be expected to do. Sort of like somebody who just hasn't done anything before and they pick it up and they're surprisingly good at it. Or it may be that if you roll really bad every single time you do a certain action that you'd be expected to do, maybe it's just like you're really bad at it. But generally, these will predispose your character towards being good at certain actions. The ability scores going from top to bottom as they will most likely be seen on what is called the character sheet, or where you write down all the information you would need to know about your character to use them during a session, which is what the time where you play and are fully in your character's mind, or however you play them and the DM is doing his thing, would be called. The first stat is strength, and these are rated on a scale of 10 being like the most average person, 20 is like somebody who's dedicated years or is just very genetically predisposed and has put work into it. So if you had a 20 strength, you would be able to lift pretty much anyone you encountered. If you had a 1 strength, you probably would not be able to support yourself well. If you have a 0 in any ability score, that means that you will instantly die. Your ability scores can be changed due to certain spells or attacks. 
but those will be covered later. Uh, the next one is Dex. Dex is how agile your character is. This would be like how well they can jump over a fence or how well they can handle a bow or a knife. Con is used to determine how healthy your character is and how resistant they are to disease, poison, and other such things which would like affect your regular immune system. This is one of the skills that you should pretty much always have a high number in because this will make it a lot easier on you in the long run. After con is intelligence. This is book smarts, like how much knowledge you have. A uh, wizard commonly has a very high intelligence because they've read a lot of books. They have a lot of information. Next one after intelligence is wisdom. Wisdom is more experience learned knowledge which means like if you've done things a lot of times or you've seen things you can sort of figure out what's happening based off of that this is more like naturey stuff like if you've seen a deer eat a certain fruit you can roll wisdom check and determine whether that fruit would be poisonous or whether you could digest it based off of having seen animals eat it and not die the one following that is charisma. Charisma is commonly thought to be general like appearance. Like you would assume that somebody who is very attractive would have a very high charisma stat. That is not always the case. It also refers to how well you know how to interact with people and how well you can talk to people. These are using this is used in checks where you try to talk somebody into something, like persuading them to do a thing or otherwise. Other things that you would need to know would be alignments. Alignments generally determine what sort of gods you can worship as a character because there are various gods in the world that play into certain classes or just general plot depending on your DM. Commonly the two most important classes God-wise would be Cleric and Paladin, which both worship a god and get their spells from a god. Because spells come from different sources, like a wizard gets their spells from studying. But a paladin would pray to a god and dedicate a part of their life or possibly offer something up to a god each day. And in return, the god would allow them to use spells. And the alignments are go from chaotic good, neutral good, lawful good, chaotic neutral, true neutral, lawful neutral, chaotic evil, neutral evil, and lawful evil. Each of these can be predetermined by you or your DM, or depending on your DM, you can figure these out later in the game. These will generally determine how your character will act, and this is something that can be attributed to a lot of stuff and there have been a few memes going around that have used alignment charts and it's a pretty common thing. To explain these, the chaotic good, when placed in a scenario where there's a bad guy on the other side of a crowd, would fire through the crowd because they knew they'd be able to take out the bad guy and reduce losses. Neutral good would 
not fire through the crowd and they would merely wait for the bad guy to move or for an opportunity to present itself but they would not go out of their way to really do anything but they would still act towards being good lawful good would most likely ask the citizens to move or move past them and they would obey the laws which would be that they probably wouldn't murder the anyone and they might even try to arrest the bad guy depending on what it is these types of characters can be quite eccentric but honestly quite fun to play because it is quite ridiculous to walk up to a dragon and tell it that it is under arrest because it has violated the laws of Paylor, which is one of the gods in play that can be used. Chaotic Neutral is somebody who is typically very selfish or invested in themselves, so they only act in their own interest, and they do pretty much just whatever they want with no real regard to anything. A true neutral character is arguably one of the hardest to play and also work with as a DM because this is a character who just really doesn't have any interest in much. They are neutral in every situation. If you've watched Futurama, the sort of character that this could be related to would be the neutral planet aliens where they really do not have any outward feelings. Obviously you can play these in a different way if they still relate to the alignment, but this is just the general explanation. A lawful neutral person won't really go out of their way to do much. They will still obey the law, but they're probably not going to try to arrest anyone because they see them. If it, the opportunity presents themselves and it's like not very much effort or sort of like if they were conjoled into going on a hunt for somebody and then they had to arrest them, they probably would. Chaotic evil is somebody who is evil for the sake of just being evil and having fun. They will do random things. These are like commonly like either demons or devils, depending on how your DM has explained it. I played a game where the devils were chaotic evil and that was my first introduction to them, but I understand that that goes the other way too, where the demons are the very chaotic ones and the devils are the ones that are more lawful. But chaotic evil is like running rampant, burning stuff, no real intent or like conceivable intent besides just creating chaos. The neutral evil is somebody who is evil, but they don't truly go out of their way to be so. They will do evil things if the opportunity presents themselves, or they will generally act in an evil way, but they won't be very outgoing for it. These are probably the easiest evil characters to play in a group of good characters, and they can of often provide a big surprise to the rest of the group if they don't know your alignment. A lawful evil character is somebody who is evil but within set laws of evil, as in they might not act in certain ways. These are typically seen as more like lawyerly evil characters, as in they might try to con you into a deal with specific wording or putting a spell on a contract that you signed that turns it to their advantage. And 
they are very tough to deal with, but if your character is very intelligent and very good at weaseling their way through contracts and talking, then oftentimes they can also be a bit easier to deal with, depending. All of these vary, but commonly your character will have an alignment and that will allow them to do, interact with specific things. There are items within the world that may have a an alignment, commonly depending on what sort of intent the creator made them with, such as a pure evil dagger would not be able to be wielded by a good aligned character. There is also levels in the like games with the set rules. It commonly goes from level 1 all the way up to level 20 and past 20 that's when you get into the sort of realm where your character is like a god or some sort of deity because they have so much power at level 20 that playing beyond that is typically a bit excess but it depends on your dm and the sort of players in your group as well as yourself and probably the other things i should touch on are speed determines how quickly you move in a set period of time typically that time is six seconds because when you are fighting it takes place in what are called rounds where everyone has an action that they can or multiple actions they can do within a set six seconds and you cycle through the list of characters depending on who rolled highest and you go from there and the higher your speed the more you can move during those six seconds there are also things called saves which you will roll when certain things happen such as like uh it represents sort of like a knee-jerk reaction or an automated system within your body like if you swallow poison you can roll a save and the higher the save the more likely you are to able to withstand it. Uh, there's also saves for like if something's falling on you typically you would have the knee-jerk reaction to dive out of the way that represents that sort of reflex and there's also saves for if somebody tries to read your mind or tries to send you a message t through telepathy and you didn't know about it you can roll to withstand that because your mind has a natural defense mechanism and that represents that. I'm speaking from the perspective of somebody who plays 3.5 D&D because there are five editions. The fifth edition is probably the most popular, but I like getting into the numbers and I was first introduced to D&D at 3.5. So I will try to make this generally friendly to all of the editions, but I may have certain information which pertains more to 3.5. And it is 3.5 because the third edition was quite disbalanced and they had to revise it thus 3.5 as in not the original and perhaps one of the final things i should cover before i wrap this up and i will make um more in-depth ones and i will cover them both in fifth edition 3.5 for skills and other such things which are like things where you can convince somebody to do something or looting and other things like that and the final thing i wanted to talk about was which is um armor class armor class is a number which a enemy has to roll 
at or above in order to hit you. And depending on what type of armor you have, if you have natural armor like scales, depending on your race or what you've managed to do to yourself during a campaign, as well as um, your dexterity, which represents the ability to dodge out of the way of an attack, are all added together into a regular armor class, which will make it harder for you to be hit. You have a base 10, and then your armor and your decks, along with anything else that might pertain to it, are added on to that number. There's also a touch AC, or armor class, which is how easy it would be for somebody to touch you, which takes out your armor that you are wearing, because that would not really get in the way of being touched. And then your flat-footed AC, which takes out your decks because you would not have the opportunity to dodge out of it, but you still retain any armor you would be wearing. And this is it for this episode of Dice Complex. I hope you found it informative, and good day. <laughs>